So you and I have been back and forth about the wonderful your experience of shooting the Canon R7. So yes, is that is that, is that your first time shooting mirrorless? Because you just went to yeah, the Rolex much... for the. Correct. Uh, I rented it for the Rolex. Um, first time shooting mirrorless. Actually, you were there first time I ever touched a mirrorless camera at uh, Stafford last year. I forget the gentleman's name, but he's like, hey, try this out. And oh, I just think it was Eric. Shooting, yeah, just shooting a few, couple frames. I was like, oh, God, there there goes the bank account, you know. But um, but no, I loved it, man. Like, especially the tracking um, feature, because I also do – with the racing stuff, I also do uh, stuff at zoos and just for fun. And it's got the animal tracker. It's got the uh, eye tracker, face recognition, and then it's got the vehicle recognition, which made like my job so much more easier. It's that stuff's so wild to me. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Eric Tavares because he tied me down too. He's like, "No, you're gonna try this. You're gonna try this." And I tried him. Wow, that's cool. But the the digital viewfinder really threw me off. And was like, it's it like I mean, I'm sure I'd adjust to it pretty quickly because I only had it for like three minutes, three or four minutes. But it was like, it's kind of strange because you can, even though it's such a small delay between what you're seeing in real life as opposed to you know a DSLR, it it threw me off a little bit. I don't know, I don't know if you did, but like I noticed the delay. And on the seven, on the R seven, I didn't notice very much delay. Um, but what it really was, it was almost like playing a video game. So it kind of locked on, like if you're playing some kind of like aircraft video game and it locked onto the subject. So when you're moving, it's still locked onto that subject. So you could do, you know, if you didn't have your focal point position just right, you can just move and it'll just take care of it. It's not like fixed like the, uh, DSLRs are. That's freaking wild. So I asked you about that. Like I texted you about that. I mean, you kind of briefly elaborated on it. It was just like how much that affected the hit rates per shots. Cause I got to imagine, you know, if it's as good as people say it is, that's gotta be a game changer. Yeah. When I strapped, I have a, a Tamaron uh, 150 to 600 and there was a little bit of kind of uh, searching and the focus a little bit, but with how fast the frame rate you can rip on that, it was, you know, in a spurst of five, maybe one of the shots were a little soft or out of focus or whatever. Um, but like you can with, if you go full on um, high burst, it was almost like shooting a movie. So you could get everything. And then I do a lot of dirt stuff. So with, especially with sprint cars, especially with wingless sprint cars, um, I can imagine um, just pretty much rip and grip and you can get every single scenario. You know, you're not going to, hopefully, you're not going to lose that wheelie that because, you know, you you went and it started buffering because I had yeah. a car, my, uh, it was SD card and it was only like 250 speed. So um it wasn't even buffering with that. And that's with it full on um, where the shutter is just pretty much grip and rip. That's wild, man. Yeah, I know like any professional photographer will tell you just like, you know, the gear won't make you a better photographer. And, you know, like that at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, that holds a lot of truth to it. But I feel like 
we're almost pushing up against that line with some of this mirrorless stuff that's coming out with that tracking, like how good it is. It's crazy to me. Right. And the thing is, is I still, I always carry two cameras with me, two bodies with me. And um, so I had the mirrorless on the 15600, and then my trusty uh, 7200, I just had my regular, um, I shoot with a R7 or R7, a 7D. So, you know, 2008 Ooh. technology. And I kind of felt almost like all that technology in the R7 um, kind of the crutch when I went back to the, the 7D. But at the same time, I could do everything I kind of developed on that 7D, take it to the R7, and then it just like plussed everything. Like everything I was doing, my you know normal things, but I wasn't having to work as hard to get that. So it gave me a lot more room to be more creative. So just like how film into digital you know, you didn't have to, you don't have to worry about, you know, oh shoot, I've got so many, so many uh, shutters on this roll of film. Now I've got, you know, what, 5,000 on the card or something like that. So I can mess with stuff and plus get, you know, instant feedback. So I can see that that evolution can be kind of like this evolution too, where we might, way that we think about taking pictures right now in five, six years, maybe even less than that, people can take that technology and just push it more to the limit. And we can see stuff that we wouldn't even think of five, 10 years ago. It, it's so wild. And it's like, technology is changing too fast, man. I can't believe I'm like, I'm 22 <laughs> years old and I'm already saying that. Like I told myself as like a teenager, I'm like, you know, I don't want to be like my grandparents. So I have to show them how to use Facebook. And here I am at 22 years old. I'm just like, Sorry, what's a be real? What is what is what is all this? But like Well yeah. When I started shooting, my first digital camera used floppy disks. Ooh. And it was like I think one point five megapixels, something like that. I look back at those photos and it's like looking at Monet paintings because you can kind of tell what it is, but you really can't. Um it just looks all it's all pixelated and stuff. So going from literally floppy disk if you even know what a floppy disk is oh, yeah. um yeah. uh going from that to like this mirrorless <laughs> where the the sd card is so small i feel like i'm gonna break it just putting it in the camera um and it holds i don't even know i'm not good at math how many more how much more memory that is from a you know 225 228 gig to whatever the held on a on a floppy that's that's something I'm like so crazy. forever thankful for, and it's like people don't take for granted. Like you know, you see like a micro SD card that holds two hundred fifty six gigabytes, and like, like I kind of grew up on the tail end of like the early days of the internet, and you know, like you know, older computers and stuff, and like so I get it a little bit. I'm like, this this tiny this tiny little thing that's not even as big as my fingernail has more computing power than this giant box that you know was the leading technology 15 years ago it's insane mm -hmm. yeah definitely like when i was because i'm quite a bit older than you um when i was my first computer had a gig of uh gig hard drive my first computer when i was in high school back in the late 90s and then 
um, to progress. And like the first iPod I had had 20 or 30 gigs or 30 gig video iPod. And I thought to myself, there's no way I'm going to fill this thing. 20 or 30 gigs. That's a lot of memory, you know, and now you have that in your in your phone or like you said on something the size of your thumb or your fingernail um but yeah it, i think that the the evolution in this technology is just going to hopefully take and make everything even better i mean i was um kind of going off a little bit but at pri did this year uh chris owens the guy who's the um, head photographer at indianapolis motor speedway and at um, indycar was talking about how at indianapolis they have pretty much every single photo ever taken by officially at the track and going through that and seeing the evolution from the cameras that they used back in the early 1900s where the shutter speed was so slow that it stretched the car um, oh when gosh. it was at speed. Yeah. You, you should see some like the Ray Haroon and, and like the early days, the car looks elongated just because of the shutter speed. It was so slow. And then um, the evolution from that to, um, you know, the regular film that we think of. And then there was like this gap where, when film we went from film to digital people were trying to figure out what this digital thing was and how to utilize it and how to to um to grow as in the creative sense of just not you know i'm just gonna there's a race car i'm gonna take a picture of it you know and literally like freezing the tires so it looks like it's standing still trying to get more of that you know lower shutter speed to get that that you know lens blur and 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 do the slow panning stuff and you can he said you could see in the years how like the evolution of, of photography has gone in taking pictures of cars who are also evolving so it's like this really weird cool thing um where the stuff that we do and and just capturing the images is become from just literally capturing images to now you know some people out there including yourself make art it's like artwork you know um just taking that and and creating an art form you know that's just so cool and i think with this new technology is a it's going to let more people get in in on it and, and more minds get in on it and then also um just increase our ability to do such things and even just going away from gear going like you were filling me in on uh, this like ai stuff that i've been messing around with and taking like especially with my zoo stuff taking images that i thought ooh, that's cool it's you know this animal this tiger is looking at me and everything and i got this really cool like bamboo right in the middle of the shot but soft around the edges throw it into that ai program and it just clears that up and it goes from an image that i wish would look good to an image that looks good it's 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 pretty wild. I mean, I try not to use that program that we're talking about, but sometimes it's just like because it almost feels like taken away. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people won't accept that or like to be like real. And I get that. I completely get that. But I don't know. It's sometimes it's just. It's there. It's getting to the point that like should it be like completely legit from the get-go no but it's a good crutch to have like i've saved a couple pictures that like 
or just a tad bit out of focus that I'm just like, dude, I can't believe I missed that. I found out about some AI stuff, throw it in there. I'm like, yeah, it kind of feels a little disingenuous, but that is the picture I'm proud of now. Right. I mean, the one thing that I mostly got it for was Victory Lane. And you know how Victory Lane, shooting Victory Lane, you sometimes have literally one frame that everyone's looking the same way. Everyone's smiling. Everyone, you've got everyone's attention. And sometimes, which I've ran into where it's like, okay, that one shot is soft on the edges or, you know, the, especially when you do like a podium shot and you've got the, the subject in the middle, oh, he, he or she's super crisp and everything, but the, the two people on the ends just could need a little bit of work. That kind of program, you throw that in there. And to me, it's not cheating or anything. It's just that this is what you got. And this is the tool in your toolbox. Now, you know, is everything a nail and you're going to use a hammer? No. Sometimes you got to go in there and, and, you know, use regular tools as well and, and not just go around just smashing things. Um, but when you need that hammer, it's there. No, it is such a great tool. And then going back to like the podium thing is something I know you deal with a lot is just like, cause you do pretty much exclusively short tracks is, lighting man short tracks are mm -hmm. dark and getting that focus to grab on is something like i was shot super dirt week at oswego speedway this past fall and i missed one of the victory lane shots because my autofocus just couldn't grab onto the driver getting out of his car even though like there's still like a light on him it's just, but it's just it was it's short tracks are just dark that's how they are i mean when we when we uh met at stafford i mean the front stretch of stafford's dark as crap the turns are the brightest parts to be and i i missed the finish shot because my autofocus wouldn't grab on the car because it was too dark mm -hmm. so it's like it's yeah, good and, to have that thing to save you yeah and and stuff with with the the denoiser too because um my background is dirt and like you're saying with super dirt week i don't know how dusty it was but i live in ohio <laughs> and there's a joke in the dirt world about Ohio is, you know, they don't, they have, we have one uh, water truck and it's broken, you know, so it's really <laughs> dusty. And um, sometimes even after the finish and everything, and you're in victory lane, the, the lighting, even if it is good lighting, sometimes it's not in the area where victory lane is. Um, and then if you blow it up with your, your flash, sometimes you get, the particles of dust that are in the air, dirt that are in the air, and you get like a snowflake effect. Um, so sometimes it, it, it's happened where even Victory Lane looks pretty nasty with being dusty and stuff. Um, and hopefully this this that will help a little bit with that. But yeah, my biggest thing was uh, my one lens I use for a Victory Lane. If I pull it all the way out to the twenty four, because um, it's a twenty four seventy. It's soft on the edges sometimes. Like it's not not really reliable sometimes, and especially if I'm using the flash. So I went back and tried that that program and went back to those photos and it cured it right up. Now, will I blow that up to make a poster or something? No. But for like editorial uh, use, it's great. If you're going to look at it on your phone, it's great. If you're going to look at it on a computer screen, it's it's decent. Um, 
but at the same time, like I said, it's something that to pull in the toolbox, but I'm not going to be using that like every single time I'm out or for every single photo, or I'm not going to get lazy and think, oh, well, that's not, I don't have to be really crisp with that because I can always throw it in to the um, AI program and it'll fix it. It's more of a program uh, to use when you need it than like all the freaking time, especially because how long it takes for it to, to, um, to actually process everything, um, which is kind of a pain, but they'll probably get better at that as, as the technology increases. No, it's definitely memory heavy for sure. But like going back to like um, SRX or Stafford, which is where I met you, I was covering the SRX series. Um, so that is what I guess you probably consider your crown jewel the past couple years of your work line. So you want to like, um, how, how did you, how did you get that opportunity? Um, it's kind of a funny story with that. Um, I've shot for the All-Star Circuit of Champions Sprint Car Series for the last, I think, five or six years. Um, and then also done some work for Speed Sport here and there. And um, I live in Ohio. I grew up at Eldora Speedway, like literally grew up. Uh, my mom always tells a story that um, my mom and dad went to a uh, World of Outlaw Race at Eldora. And then like two days later, I was born. Like literally <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so the first year, um, they were going to go to Eldora and IRP and IRP in Indianapolis is one of the tracks I shoot at regularly. Um, like unofficial photographer there, there's a group of us that shoot. So I knew IRP, I was locked in for the SRX and, um, for Eldora, I was like, Ooh, I'd like to get on that media list. So I wanted to reach out to my contact at Speedsport. Well, he happened to lose his car keys, um, his um, rental car keys during uh, Midgets Week, Indiana Midget Week. So I'm like, I'm not going to message him. He's already got enough going on. And um, one of the admins for SRX followed me on Twitter. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, on a whim, I'm going to uh, send him a direct message, see what how if he could point me in the right direction well he got back to me very quickly actually and then he said okay email this guy so i emailed another person um there at srx and uh i got an email back i think about an hour later asking if i wanted to do the whole series and i was kind of taken aback by that um because all i wanted to really do was one one race and so we kind of talked back and forth for a little bit, like a couple of days. And then Monday morning, um, he got back to me and he, we agreed on terms of, you know, pay for travel, weekly stipend, that kind of stuff. And um, he's like, well, uh, I'll see you Wednesday at Stafford because it was the weekend before the first race. So oh gosh, was that I short? had, yes, it was the weekend before the first race. Um, so, I had um, I've been having issues with the, the my current job um, that I won't go into, but uh, I walked in my boss's office and I had a bunch of of uh, vacation time, and I asked her, I was like, okay, well, here's the thing, I've got this big opportunity because everyone knew there that I was trying to like make it, um, so either. I got six weeks off or, and she goes, well, I can only approve two. Like, okay, well, today's my last day. 
Um, I'll help you as much as you can, as I can helping you fill my position. Cause I've been there for seven years and see you later, you know, um, actually kept in contact with them for about three or four months after until they found somebody and, and kind of did everything, um, with that. But then I literally got home and I booked hotels, um, for that whole series. I, you know, packed and it was one of those funny things because, um, I live 15 hours away from Stafford. I've never been to Connecticut at all, let alone Stafford. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I had, I took literally every single piece of equipment I had because I didn't know what I needed. Um, I tried to do as much research, which I was already paying attention to SRX because I thought it was a really cool um, idea because I loved ARC or IROC when I was growing up. That was really cool to see like, you know, different people from different backgrounds compete against each other. But I just kind of walked into it and I was just like open to all the experience and, and, and uh, to try to prove myself from day one. Um, but the funny thing is, is I, I went um, about halfway the first night and got a hotel somewhere in New York. I got up the next morning and I thought it was going to be a dream. I literally thought when I woke up and I, I had my, I was awake, but my eyes weren't open yet. And I was like feeling around. I was like, Oh, this isn't my bed. And I woke my eyes like, okay, this is, I'm, I, this must be real, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was literally like a moment's notice kind of thing. Um, and from then on, it was kind of the first year was literally flying by the seat of my pants. Like I didn't even have business cards at that point in time because I had them, um, uh, like business cards a long time ago and the information wasn't the same or anything. So like I, I got on and I, I got really cheap, easy business cards made up and not to sell anything or anything, just so that way, if people asked, you know, making those connections, cause you know, with what we do, connections are everything, like everything. Uh, and, and even if I give you a, a business card and you tear it up and throw it away, if I do, if five people do that, but the sixth person doesn't, that sixth person could be the link to your next gig. So, 100%. but yeah, the, yeah, but that was, that was kind of like, it was an overnight thing. Um, it was, it was definitely a, uh, an experience and, and an eye opening going from shooting dirt tracks around Ohio <clears> and, <throat> and then going in, Oh goodness, there's Bill Elliott and there's Elio Castro Neves and, and all this stuff. And then like weeks later, they're saying my name cause they know who I am which is still surreal to me. That's got to be so flipping cool. So you get a couple days notice to you sign on our SRX, like basically race week. You, mm -hmm. you get to Stafford, you get to the track. Now what? Now what happens? Well, now what happens is I have to figure out who the people that I've been talking to are like, cause I didn't <laughs> know what anybody looks like. So I pull in and I must have looked like the, the the guy that just stepped off the bus from like Omaha or something, right? <laughs> so I I get off and I'm pulling my car. I got this little uh, Honda Fit at the time, um, and I'm pulling it. I got all my gear in the back, and I'm like, okay, who who do I talk to? Who is this? What is this? You know, I've the only place I've ever seen Stafford is on iRacing. Um, and then, uh, some stuff like on YouTube and, and, and things like that. So I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know the park. I didn't know who to talk to or anything. And, and, um, what they did was 
the first year, that first race, I went there a couple of days early so I could uh, take pictures of the guys taking the cars out of the trailer, everybody setting stuff up. I helped hang bang banners that first race. I mean, it was like a team effort um, to get all that stuff done, taking pictures of everything. And because and, it was the inaugural year, you know, um, I kind of treated it as like this was a yearbook. And we're all like a family photo, a family vacation yearbook kind of thing. So I took pictures of everything Such a great that approach. first year. Yeah. And I, I did the same thing last year um, to an extent. Um, I learned a lot from the first year and applied it to the second year. Um, and uh, that definitely helped. Um, but I was definitely chicken with the head cut off at Stafford um at knoxville which was the second race and the third race was at eldora which i grew up going to so it almost like i got my footing in at eldora that first year and then ever since then it's been like hitting the ground running like a little bit of hiccups here and there but um for the most part it, it's been an awesome experience yeah that's that's such a wild story and like the moral of the story is like I feel like because of social media, getting opportunities like that are more accessible than they've ever been. Like you literally like, like you kind of knew as a person, but you shot them a direct message. And then all of a sudden you're shooting the basically reincarnation of IROC a week later as their photographer. Like that's freaking crazy. Yeah. And, come to find out a lot of it was because of my relationship with the all-stars uh, because Tony Stewart owns the all-stars, Tony Stewart's, you know, heavily involved in SRX and um, they kind of figured, they saw, Oh, you shoot for the all-stars. So they actually talked to some of the all-star um, uh, people behind the scenes and said, Hey, what about this guy? So I had one of the um, Tyler Altmeyer um, at the all-stars vouch for me and, and I owe him a debt of gratitude. I got him, I told him, like, like, my wife and I don't have any kids, but if I have a firstborn, it's all his. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 one of those things, too. And in, with this in this industry, it's all about those connections and making um, making friends. And also, if you have the ability to say yes, say yes, no matter what it is, say yes. You know, mm -hmm. it's easier to say yes and figure it out than to say, I don't know, and then they're going to go to the next person. As long as it's feasible, say yes. I mean, I've gotten a lot of opportunities where I just said yes, and that's how I did it, because I was the guy who said yes. Um, or, like, I'll figure it out. Like, my background before doing this is was in healthcare, and that's one of the biggest things you do in healthcare is, okay, here's an issue, we're going to figure it out. It's not a no, right? I'm going to figure it out. Like uh, one of the things when we were on tour the first year was one of the manufacturers uh, partners wanted a picture of their product on the car. And before even knowing where it was, I said, yeah, I can do that. Uh, hour and a half later, I finally found a badging while I was crawling underneath the car and took a shot of it. That was first year one, year two, first race practice day. I went over that car with a fine tooth comb, taking picture of every single little uh, emblem and everything. So that way next time, Hey, do you have this? Yes. It's right there. I got it right there. It's already, you know, it's just learning like that, learning from those things and, and learning, you know, what your client wants and what your client might want. Cause you know, with digital, 
you can take a shot. It's not going to mess mess you up much with your memory. You know, the client might want that. And if they don't, they don't. If you do, if they do, guess what? You got it. That's such a great way to put it that. Cause like, obviously like a lot of, a lot of clients and people, you get like a shot list, you get like, you know, Hey, we need these, but to go above and beyond that makes, that has to make such a great impression saying, Hey, do you have the Dunlop logo on, you know, Paul Tracy's car? Actually here it is. And like that, that is such, that has to make such a lasting impression to whoever is seeking that out. It would be good year, by the way. See, good year. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, yeah. Good year. That, that's, that's um, the problem. Cause I, I, I manage social media for a motorcycle yeah. series. That's just like, all right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm I'm all about Ohio brands too, because we've got Goodyear from Ohio, we got Cornwell Tools from Ohio. Last year we actually had the Ohio like tourism board. So I'm a I'm a big Ohio guy. Um but yeah, that's the thing is, is like you learn from okay, well, they wanted this last time. I'm gonna get it so I have it. Put it in the can. Like uh when I was down at um Daytona, you know, we got a shot list. Um and I went and got all the shots of those cars and those drivers the first day in practice because it's in the can. If it's in the can and they need it, oh, here it is. You know, oh, I got this candidate, you know, here it is. I got the of whatever, here it is. Um, and then kind of go and kind of try to almost predict what what they want. You know, a lot of times, because I've shot a lot for series and a lot for tracks, and they want not just on track action they want those human interest moments you know they want those the the emotion you know from the fan aspect from the driver's aspect you know from the crew's aspect if you can tailor that and and get that those emotional like all the emotions too you know your your happiness sadness tired like one of my um uh a photo that some people like is i got a shot of elio castroneves at uh at um pensacola where it was literally like 115 degrees um heat index and he's just exhausted and you just see that the emotion and and then the wear that these men and women go through and it just translates you know they say you know an image uh equals a thousand words well that's that's the the cool thing about what we do is that we can do that we can have that you know excitement from the crowd or the one we have the dejection of the person who didn't win you know i've got a couple shots from years ago where the second place or third place person's getting out of the sprint car actually it was a midget um popping out in the front and you can just see the dejection on their face that's great i mean not that they dejected but just to capture that because that's a real moment you know and that's one of the things we do is just capture emotion in those real moments. Yeah. And that's, that's something I always like, not ignored out of intention, but more just out of ignorance that something that I wish I did sooner in my journey as a photographer is don't just take pictures of the cars on track. I mean, it doesn't even have to be the drivers. There's people there that are going to be either, you know, ecstatic because their driver's doing well and they're going to be people there that are going to be pissed off that are doing well i mean these are just fans could be crew members media members drivers you know could be anybody and 
that's what I always regret ignoring for the longest time because those are some of the pictures now that I treasure the most that I've you know finally started to pay attention to those things and those are things that tell the story more than really pictures of just the cars on track can right one thing I've been doing a lot lately and it actually started as just a goof between my friend uh, Dallas Ooh. Breeze and myself who also shoots a lot of stuff and stuff um is taking pictures of him taking pictures so it started out as like oh this is gonna be funny and take a picture of him taking a picture and i looked at it as like oh that's kind of cool and i sent it to him he goes oh that's kind of cool so because we never get pictures of ourselves oh you know um so i think that's a fun little thing to do for your fellow photographer or or anybody in the in the creative mode um, you know, announcers and things. I got one of my favorite pictures from last year was of Alan Beswick at, I think it was at Stafford. Stafford have a, a checkered flag, um, like Victory Lane area, right by the the um, the wall in the infield. Um, Is that Stafford? Or... No, they did it like out the front. No, stretch. okay. I mean, okay. They, for the, for like um, the, regular, anyway... the regular short track yes. stuff, they do it, but. Okay. But... Well, there's a shop where he was, well, I just walked up to him, he was talking, and his sunglasses reflected the checkered flag pattern on the ground. And I just had him, I said, okay, Alan, just, I go up to him, I go, trust me. He's like, lean back, and then tilt your head to the, to the right. And it just made it so his whole sunglasses were checkered flag. And he, and it was like one of the coolest shots. And it's, you know, you think, oh, I've got all these, see all these cool cars and, and they're doing cool things and blah 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 but some of those shots are are some of my favorite just because it's something that's just spontaneous and something that is i don't know fun you know that's the thing is is like if you lose the fun in doing this man that's that's just makes it actual work and i don't like actually working you know i like having fun no i like that's something I don't want to ever lose because like I'm really I'm I am pushing so hard to make this a career and I have to every once in a while step back and be like buddy you're losing your crap over this like don't ever like I don't want to ever lose the fun in it because that's that's the reason you know we all started this in the first place this is our you know everybody's I think everybody's got to find their thing that makes them feel alive and for like you and me this is this is this is it and that's a lot of people like you know friends and stuff or anybody in line was like well don't turn your passion or hobby into a job because you'll grow to hate it so it's like it's kind of scary to make that leap to try to chase that because there is that option that it could end up being you could end up hating it well i think yes that's true but they're going to hate some aspects of it. As long as you don't hate every aspect of it, you're still good. As long as you don't wake up in the morning and getting ready and like, oh my God, well, I got to do this again. Um, as long as there's that that glimmer of, ooh, I get to, even if it's like, I get to go to a new place. I get to see somebody I like. You know, even just taking it out of the nuts and bolts of what you're doing. So of the photography aspect, uh, just enjoying it some some way because it's it's going to be a job. I mean, it's 
I view it every time I go to the track. Um, like when I went to Daytona, it wasn't official. I was shooting from all fan areas, but I viewed it as an assignment, as a job, because anytime I have my cameras in my hand, that's I'm on assignment. I don't care if I really do have one or I don't, because that's just more training for me that when it is an assignment, I'm ready. Right. Um, but at the same time, I find fun in that. I find fun. I find enjoyment in, you know, capturing those, those cool shots of, you know, I had a one at Daytona. Um, I was just looking for kind of some human interest stuff. And this, this guy had his baby and they're both with their backs to me. So I go and I ask them, Hey, is it okay if I take a picture of you and, and the little one while the cars are going around and I'll just have it at your back. And um, then I went and I, I gave him like the copy of it, um, you know, digital file of it. And that was fun. That was enjoyable that I made that person's day by doing that. You know, it helped me because I had it in the can. Okay. Well, there's some human interest right there. Cause I'm all about the, the one of the biggest things for me about the whole motor force stuff is the family aspect, you know, father's sons, um, especially because that's who introduced this to me. It was my dad and I lost him when I was really young. So it's a connection to him. Um, so anytime I do that and give that back, um, something small, I mean, it literally took me two seconds to push that shutter, you know, set up the shot, take the shot, two seconds to send it to that guy, you know, and he even let me post it online too. Um, and so finding that kind of stuff, even if, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have that little nugget saying, okay, well, I did this. Um, it might be a crappy day. I might be cold and wet because it was raining or snowing like it was at uh, California yesterday and the day before. But at the end of the day, you know, I made somebody happy. I made myself happy. Hey, look, I'm doing it, right? I'm doing it. So as long as you keep that, you, you'll be golden, man. You'll be golden. And guess what? You know, it. It's. <laughs> I always say it beats digging ditches. You know, there's worse things to do out there. So you just got to find it. And then along with that, one of the reasons I do the zoo stuff is the zoo stuff is where I can clear my head. Used to be at the racetrack, I could clear my head. Well, now, you know, <laughs> I've got A, B, C, D, and E to do at the zoo, man. I'm like, okay, well. I guess I didn't get that shot today. Who's going to be upset? Just me. Cause no one else is expecting it. Right. Mm-hmm. So just finding that thing that you can clear your head with, you know, maybe it's, you know, going and doing, um, well, Justin Potter, which someone that, you know, um, he does a lot of landscape stuff and I can see that that, that probably is, is beautiful. What... Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, when I was talking about the art stuff, I, I had him in mind and, and a couple other people in mind. Um, but that's a way to kind of clear your head out, you know, he's, he's hiking and he's also, you know, making artwork, you know, I zoo stuff. I'm, I'm getting my fat butt around, you know, walking a couple miles and I love animals. So I get to be kind of close to animals, not too close, but just close enough. (laughs) Um, and, and take some good, you know, decent images. I wouldn't say good images. Some of them are good. Some of them are okay. Um, but yeah, so just finding something that, you're you can have that passion and have it as a job as long as you have something else and another kind of escape you know 
I feel like I'm 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 giving you like we're in a therapy session. <laughs> Dude, this is freaking perfect. I love this. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. This is because going back to what you were saying about you know the photographers never get pictures of themselves. That's the whole premise for this podcast. I want it to be. It's just like you know whether it's journalists or photographers or the announcers. Their whole goal is to tell stories of other people. Well, homeboy, nobody's out here listening to our stories. So that's what this whole ordeal is. That's what the whole goal yeah. of this is. And it's also not only that, just it's a learning tool, man. Like I had Justin Potter on here the other day. The wealth of information you could get from listening to that one hour podcast on just like how to go about, you know, an assignment or something. It's just like there's Jamie Price and Mark Urban on TikTok. And those guys are the best, the best, the best. But there's just like, I feel like there's so much room for so much more like education in such a niche hobby. Right. And the thing, yeah. Um, yeah, I consider myself a professional hobbyist. Um, and before I got at heart. Yes, exactly. Well, I, mean, uh, I always say that uh, I do this because I can't wheel a, a race car. You know, my uh, my day job, though, is I'm a professional driver, but that's just test cars. Um, you don't want me behind the race car. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> um, anyways, so it's just a way to, to be part of it. But like you said, the, 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 we don't get sometimes we, we we're just I want to say afterthoughts because I, I get a, a, I think that our community of creative people, photographers, videographers, um, you know, media people, PR people, um, it's it's we're covering everything, and sometimes it's it's almost an afterthought of who took that shot or who got that video. Or, you know, sometimes even who wrote that article or, you know, oh, yeah, they've got, you know, um, like a good friend of mine's Blake Anderson for the All-Stars. And he's got great stories because he's been there. He's done. He's seen things. You know, he's he's covered a lot of the cool stuff. And, and like Alan Beswick, same thing. He's I mean, every time I hear him, I hear, um, you know, this is Alan Beswick and this is NASCAR. He, you know. He's he's a, a voice of a video game and just the cool stuff like that um, is, is is stories that need to be told and and you know put a, a face and a voice behind um, you know those Instagram and people on on uh, Twitter and and all the other social media platforms and who's taking these amazing shots um, and then you know me too because. <laughs> sorry i'm self-defecating a lot um no, but no, no there's like just so, so many great people. shooters yeah well i try to be i am oh, the man. most humble person you'll ever meet right um <laughs> but but no i mean it, and we i think we're living in a really golden age of that because we have so many people from different backgrounds <laughs> like the, my buddy i was talking about on dallas breeze um he'll take the the way that you shoot an endurance race and he'll apply it to a dirt track you know he, he's going to do that slow pan but not just slow pan like at, uh, lawrence speedway in indiana southern indiana has these bushes in the infield and the, he's got shots where there's sprint cars 
and he pulls the bushes with slow pan through the cars. So you, you get the car through the bush, like just stuff that you wouldn't think about, like taking one discipline and applying it to another discipline, you know, or doing like, uh, there's some stuff that Justin does has done with the, uh, uh, NHRA stuff he shot where he's using like slow pan with NHRA. So, you know, you got a car that's, that's launching at, at you know, with 11,000 horsepower and he's doing freaking slow pan with that. I mean, it's crazy, you know, to, it's just to jump in and, and do all these, see these, these shooters and just like the craziest stuff. Um, uh, Kevin Bow was a guy I met down in, in Indiana or, um, Daytona, I'm sorry. And he was doing this weird thing where he was, he had this big lens. He was following the cars and he was twisting the lens at the end. And I go up to him. I was like, what in the hell are you doing? And he goes this, and he showed me and I was like, okay, I got to try that. So I tried it. Not as good as his, but it was still something kind of cool. And it's just these little things that people are doing now. He was doing, he was shooting at a fifth of a second. And that pull at the end was stretching the light out. And it was just like, it's just the coolest thing. Um, it's just, I don't know. That's, that's the stuff that, that, that gets me excited. It's like, I see this thing that I, I'm like, how did you do that? And then I'm like, okay, I got to try. Now, I'm not trying to copy what you're doing. I'm trying to put my spin on it. So I might see it. Okay. Ooh, that's really hard. I'm going to try it this other way. And it's more in my wheelhouse and just trying to break out. Cause when I started, it was old photojournalistic stuff. Like, okay, I want the poster photo. Like, that's what I wanted. Like I collected uh, hero cards and I wanted the hero card shot, the, the basic 1999. And as I grew and was able to do more, I'm seeing stuff and I'm like, well, so when we were at um, Stafford and you were shooting through the guardrail in the infield, I'm like, oh, what were you doing? What are you doing? What, what's this? What's this? And I tried it and I was like, well, it's not as good as yours, but hey, it's something, you know, it's just I just love that. I love learning from other photographers and and and, you know, promoting other people and, and what they're doing and, and trying to get them, you know, recognition. I mean, I'm not that famous or anything, but if I can help you out, man, and you got good stuff and, and you're a good, you're a good dude, like you are, it, I appreciate it, right? I'm going to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, we can't be at each other's throats and stuff and, and fighting for the same scraps. We got to help each other. Cause if you help me, I help you, you know, it's just, I know we, I'm rambling, but still, I think that's the Rambo biggest is thing great. is, is <laughs> yeah. I think it's the biggest thing though is 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 it's going to be benefit I can learn from you you can learn from me um you know I've I can say oh yeah you know I've got this dude I got this person to be perfect for that position I can't do it but he can kind of thing you know um cuz it's just about having those fostering those relationships and stuff so I don't know what the question was but that's the answer <laughs> no dude that's awesome i love the rambling but so we're going back to way, way beginning on the end of that uh at the end, yeah. way back to beginning on the end of that freaking waiting back to you know the beginning, how to edit, right <laughs> <laughs> you know how to edit i know how to stumble but um you were yeah. talking about like you mentioned like we're kind of not even kind of we're living in the golden age right now or at least the beginning the rent what's that uh no no 
Yeah, What's I know what you're saying. We're living in a great time. <laughs> What's the 1800s manufacturing period? Whatever that. Um, What's that? Of... The... 1800s? <laughs> the, the Gilded Age? No, not that. You don't want to be in the Gilded Age. Uh, I'm going to edit this. Whatever. And we're... <laughs> We're at this point that we're not worried about, you know, storage and stuff. So we can sit there and we're living in this golden, you know, this beginning of a great thing where we're not just documenting history. We're making art now. We can sit here and take a picture at a fifth of a second, take 3,000 pictures and not even hit one and be like, okay, I lost a bit of time in my day, but I'm not, you know, in the whole of film, like. The most recent picture I put up on my Instagram was a motorcycle, a mini motor rider, and it looks like he's got like gold all over him. I'm like, I saw, you know, it was a free practice at the end of the day. I got all the pictures I needed done. I saw the sun shining on some dead, like, you know, weeds. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit in those dead weeds and I'm not leaving this spot until I hit this shot. And I felt like through looking through, you know, after like as I took them, I didn't hit any until I looked way after, and I was a little frustrated. I'm like, you know, I kind of hit some of these, and you know what? It's not what I envisioned, but it's cool, it's unique, and it's different. And mm -hmm. like and you said, you said you copied me on, not copied, but you saw me shooting through the guardrail at Stafford. Well, guess what? I saw somebody else shooting through the guardrail <laughs> at Stafford, so I tried it, and then it kept going to you, and you tried it, and. All of our pictures, I guarantee, would have been radically different, even though we were doing the same thing. Right. I mean, there's a there's been a many times where I've shot shoulder to shoulder with people and showed them, and they're totally different, even though we're shooting the same subject, really not even a foot away from each other. Everyone has. It's almost like I don't like calling myself an artist, but me neither. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really into music and music history and i forget who it was who said this um but they were talking about brian may from queen and his guitar mm -hmm. and how much how much music came out of that guitar because i don't know if oh, if you yeah. don't know this brian may has one guitar he plays one guitar yeah. he's pretty much always played one guitar so every queen song came out of that one guitar and i forget who it is said that he was with Brian May, saw the one guitar. It might have been Dave Grohl because it sounds like a Dave Grohl story. That's a very Dave Grohl thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Picked up the guitar and started playing it, and Dave Grohl came out. You know, he came out of it. Brian May didn't come out of it. So that guitar ha has, you know, written so many songs, but it's Brian May that made that guitar sound like that, right? So it's – I might pick up your camera – but it's going to be me who maybe mess up with the setting. Even if I use the same settings, my vision is going to come out of that, even if we're trying to do the same thing. And sometimes some people, the, the layman, might not see the difference, um, but we can, you know. Um, but it's it's good. I mean, with, going with the music stuff, you know, um, you listen to a song and like that sounds like okay uh so i'm a blood zeppelin fan okay always right. been and i mean i'm old i'm not that old but i'm close um and then when greta van fleet came out everybody's oh, like yeah. oh they sound like led zeppelin they sound like led zeppelin they're led zeppelin whatever 
Well, guess what? Same thing was said by about White Snake. The same thing was said about um, a band called Kingdom Come from the uh, from the eighties that probably no one remembers. Um, just because you kind of sound like that, there's different. That's different songs. It's different. Guess what? They sounded like somebody else. Everybody sounds like somebody else. Everyone takes their influences and and takes them to the next level. You know, um, some people. And uh, one second, I lost you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All you right. can hear me? Pl- yep. I tried to plug yeah. in my Bluetooth earbuds with like because this said low battery and it didn't work. Um. Anyways, back to. I think the last thing I heard was like you really yeah. like Led Zeppelin, like the Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you got people who like mute with music. You know, some people say some bands like you could they they wear their influences on their sleeve, but at the same time, they create their own stuff. You know, they're writing their own songs. They're writing you know songs that might sound like somebody else, but that's not exactly like somebody like the source material. You know, so same thing with with what we do it's like creating anything really is that i can take up your camera you can take up my camera we can have the same settings but we're going to come out with two different kinds of images just because you know the way we hold uh the camera um just our even positioning you know and it's just our outlook so getting inspired by by other people i think that's the greatest thing um just you know taking that to the next level because i'm one of those people that you know okay i know how to do this right i know how to do a i know how to do photojournalistic kind of shots that's great that's in my toolbox now i'm going to learn how to do slow pan which i moved to slow pan i'm okay with slow pan i know how to do it not the greatest okay and then i see somebody doing something totally different i'm like okay what are you doing and nine times out of ten, if you and you see another person, a photographer doing something a little odd, or or you see somebody that you know and you're a fan of theirs or or whatever, nine times out of ten, they're gonna tell you like I've got um shoot I forget how to say his last name. His name's Cameron. He he works for Haggerty, and he's the one who taught me how to do slow pan. And how he did it was he set my camera up and goes, okay, use the settings, and do this and do this and do this. And it's so much easier than, you know, just fumbling around because um, I could get reviewed back. Um, so that's the one of the best things about what we do is we can learn from each other and not copy style, but just, you know, evolve. Because if you stop trying to get better, then why do it? It's almost like why if it's not fun anymore, why do it? So exactly. if it's not fun and you're not trying to get better, then why, you know? Why? most people i find are an open book too like anybody you ask like unless it's that cranky short track photographer that's been doing this for 60 years they've sat in this exact same spot every saturday night which some of them are very cool i find a lot of them and i think a lot of the general gets like there's like a stereotype i guess that you know but they're all pretty much everybody's an open book because we're all here doing this same incredibly specific thing we're all super passionate about it and we all feed off each other like we say like you know, influences and stuff. Any motorsports photographer that's up and coming that has TikTok, Jamie Price is going to be a huge influence for them. And there's no problem with that. I mean, take any musician in the last 50 years. If 
I would bet money that they list the Beatles as an inspiration. And, you know, that's just part of the evolution of it. It's part of the evolution of just this art form, you know. You mentioned Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin. Okay, if you're upset about that, it sounds like you're just upset that, you know, you're not young anymore and when Led Zeppelin is in their prime because it's completely different. It's influenced, but it's completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I know people like they don't like that artistic stuff. They just like the bread and butter stuff, and that's okay. You know, it's okay if 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 whatever you like, and and if you're stuck in what you you want to do. Um, another thing too is I, I think you're probably in the same boat. Hopefully, is I like to challenge myself and shoot other things like other form forms of motorsport. You know, I did my first drag race this last year, and it was a nostalgia drag race, so they weren't going super fast. Hopefully, I can get to NHRA race soon. Um, and I did uh, AMA flat track. And yes, it's kind of in the wheelhouse, but it's a totally different skill set. And, and you know, those guys are nuts, um, but it's a whole different skill set. And it's just challenging. So I just take some of the stuff I've learned from other forms and and apply it to, to to what i'm doing so i mean that's if you ever get into a rut what i suggest too is just go and and kind of go outside your the, you can stay in the same same sandbox but maybe go play in a different corner exactly man and there's you know it depends on what part of the country and i i know i'm spoiled because i live you know in the northeast where we have everything people don't realize that the northeast i would argue has a better racing scene than the south which is often you know you know put in the same basket is racing like oh racing's from the south i'm like i don't know the northeast racing scene's pretty good like i know i'm spoiled because i have five nascar tracks within a two-hour drive and imps track and you know a whole bunch of you know well-known short tracks but well I, I i'd argue that ohio is because i've got indianapolis mid-ohio mis eldora um well used to be used to have kentucky um but yeah but yeah you you definitely are spoiled with a lot of the pavement stuff (laughs) yeah and like this year i got to cover i don't i didn't cover i mean i did i i covered ice racing nascar imsa (laughs) trans am super dirt week mini moto SCCA track days, SCCA racing, um, SVRA, and my favorite of all, which I never even paid a glimpse to, I got thrown off by the deep end. I went to somebody in school who does motorcycle or like race graphics, like Moto America, anywhere from like track days. He threw me off the deep end and got me a job working for a motorcycle series that runs just at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. I became a social media manager, like I'm unofficial photographer, and I enjoy taking pictures of two wheels more yeah. than pictures of sports cars. Do I care about motorcycle racing? I mean, I appreciate it. Those guys are unreal. I mean, it's I like that you can slam into somebody and not put their life in danger. That's something <laughs> I enjoy about four wheel racing. Yes. But Holy cow, man. I never would have even thought about taking pictures of two wheel racing, but I got thrown into it. Not by choice. By by choice. By choice. 
by choice, but I really, I got pushed on like, all right, but all right, guess we're doing this. Like, like you said earlier, I'll figure it out. And if you've never shot a motorcycle race, and if you have a lens long enough to shoot a motorcycle race, shoot a freaking motorcycle race. It, you can't get a bad picture because they're all down like this. Like it's not mm-hmm. all the like, like fundamentals of it. Yeah, and try, and don't just try. focus on getting, don't focus on getting just the bike. Like zoom in and get like those detailed shots of where they put their hands and and like I said, because I did that uh um AMA flat track, and it was on a mile in Kentucky, and just the way those guys just slid in the corners, putting they're going 100 miles an hour, and you know when you're going 100 miles an hour on the on the motorcycle, the first thing that you do is put your foot on the ground, right? So, you know, they're putting that foot on the ground, pitching it. But yeah, I did. I shot a AMA Superbike at Mid-Ohio when they still ran Superbike at Mid-Ohio. And just getting those really tight shots in when they're crouched in and how tightly they crouch in and, and just on the hand, just, oh, it's 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 cool. It's super cool shooting the, the bus. Yeah, I'm telling you, for anybody listening, if you never shot a bike race and you have it near you, try it. I don't watch motorcycle racing. I'll watch the Daytona 200 if I'm off. And I try to keep up with it just to converse with the people in that series just so I don't seem stupid because I don't know anything about it. But first of all, it's considerably more challenging, I found, because there's so much smaller that the speed mm-hmm. perception is much faster, even though they're going the same speed you know, as the car would in some parts. Not like all the way, but so it's that challenge, but it's also thrilling. Like it is so thrilling. Have you ever done boat racing? Have you ever shot a boat race? Like no. outboard, like F2 or hydroplane or anything like that? No, I don't even know if I have that around me, but I mean, rather granted. You might. I, I, should, I have, there's, I have the should. Adirondacks. I got lakes. Um, I shot um just for fun uh when detroit used to have the what they call it the detroit cup uh it was the hydroplane like you know miss budweiser and and, and all those kind of so jet and or, you know hydroplane um hydro boat those were cool and then two years ago i shot the uh like outboard i think they're called f2 uh and they do almost like a road course on the water and it was just cool because you know you can you get you don't have to worry about tire blur because there's no tires. So you can rank up that, that shutter speed and you can get like the water beads just frozen, you know, in the shot, you know, they, they, they do these big rooster tails and it's just a really cool. Um, and a lot of them are pretty accessible too for like pit shots and everything. It's another one though. You need a really long lens. Like I think I was shooting at mainly 400 um, for most of it, I was before I had my 600, so it'd have to be 400. But I mean, you have to. It's challenging too because if it's sunny out, you got that reflection on the water. You need, you know, a polarizing filter or something like that. Um, but it's it's cool. Just make sure you get your sunscreen because that water, the sun reflects that that water, and and it's like if you're fair skinned like myself. Um, if you're a ginger like me, you get you get burnt pretty good. 
but it's definitely a, a fun time. Uh, another fun one, which you might, which m people might not really think about, is like monster trucks. Monster trucks are awesome to shoot. Um, like most places, you know, your county fair has monster trucks or whatever. Those are pretty cool, and tractor pulls are pretty cool too. Tractor pulls. Um, I want to shoot one of those for sure. They look fun. Mm -hmm. Wear your earplugs. Tractor pulls oh, are, yeah. are pretty I've been sweet to a because as a fan. they're cool. Yeah, I'm. I haven't been able to shoot it, but um, I went grew up going to the the national tractor pulls in Bowling Green, Ohio, because Bowling Green's I don't know about forty five minutes from where I grew up, so we used to go there all the time. Uh, and my brother actually does, or used to do before he had kids. Um, used to do like local truck pulls, so I shot a lot of those, and those are cool too because you can get, especially the bigger ones you can get the the dirt clumped off the back of the tires and th there's a lot of cool stuff and it's like kind of like drag racing where you don't have to move because they're going to come to you you know it's it's kind of it's it's not bad it's not bad at all. um and then those crowd shots are um interesting very interesting crowd shot at tractor pulses but boy <laughs> you get you can get some fun stuff people they they like the party no, and so that 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 kind of leads me to another thought I had, like you know, had which conversation we've been having is, um, you know, finding those obscure events. That's something I try to find. You know, in this off season, we didn't really have much of a winter, so there was no like ice racing or just a little bit of snowmobiles around. But I was never able to make to any of those. Um, is something I found to be a very useful tool in trying to figure that out is Facebook events and Motorsports Reg using that website and going to find events. And most of these guys are just, they're really small events, but the guys that come to really small events, if you want to do this from like a business perspective, guys that come to these really small events, they're there having fun, making memories. That's a great place to start, especially start making money. If you want to like seriously consider this, like the grassroots stuff is so important. It's some of the most fun and the people you get to, hang with the drivers and the riders like some of my best memories at racetracks ever with the riders at that motorcycle series i was talking about yeah i mean if you ask a track photographer that you know they're selling individual photos and you know who what are the biggest they sell it's usually like your hobby stock and and your street stock stuff um it's it's the guys that literally like they're fixing their car up in the garage sometimes not even in the garage um because those are the guys who buy the stuff you know um but that's the thing too especially with people who are starting out like a lot of people um i know i was kind of like this um where it's like oh i want to shoot nascar oh i want to shoot indycar oh i want to shoot the one but the I mean, don't get me wrong. I love shooting. I've never shot Formula One, but uh, I love shooting the big stuff. But you learn so much from the small tracks. Like, the, I was actually talking with my friend Dallas about this, is I think both of us came from the same um, area of dirt track. And take that, because we were talking about this at Daytona, which, which had ample, like, so much track time you didn't even know what to do you got to the point where like okay well what shot am i going to shoot now coming from dirt track where you've got maybe two hours of light and then the lights are going to come on and hopefully you know 
it doesn't get too dusty or whatever. So you've got such small amount of time with ample light, um, the right conditions. Sometimes even in the feature, it you know if the lighting at the track isn't the greatest, uh, and you shoot your flash, all you're going to get is dust. You know, you're just going to pick up that like snowflake effect. Mm. Um, so sometimes you're just shooting like the first couple laps of a feature, and then you're standing there. Or trying to figure out, okay, well, if I turn up the ISO and I turn down the flash, trying to find that stuff. If you start somewhere like that, where your subject, your your ideal times and everything are so small, you're going to become a better photographer because you're going to use that time more wisely. Um, and then, like I said, you the the, the smaller stuff so much more accessible, you know um it's much more accessible if you're aimed to to sell stuff i mean always check with the track photographer you don't want to step on toes but you know like you're saying you're song with the ssa um track days cca track days like if i've got this you know 2015 camaro that has all this super horsepower and, and everything i it's my baby i'm gonna buy a picture if it looks cool now, if you've got, you know, some even middle name driver, they're not going to buy a shot off you, right? Because they either have a team photographer or what, but those guys might might be more apt. And it's not even sometimes even the selling it. It might just be like, you know, able to use it on their social media platform or something like that. Um, they're going to get, you're going to get more traction out of that. And plus, you're just they're going to appreciate it more a little bit you know um but yeah start out small and sometimes those small events are are a lot of fun too like you said with your your guys the motorcycle guys you know they're just there to have a good time just like you're there to have a good time you know and they're a little bit more laid back and that's one going back to srx that's one of the great things about srx is these guys are serious they are racers but at the same time they're there to have fun you know they're here to have a good time they're there to to like pay back to the fans, you know, get get down to the, their roots, you know, mix it up a little bit, you know. I mean, yeah, you saw it. You were there at Stafford, you know. It's 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 fun, man. That's the thing is is when sometimes when we get to the, the higher series, it gets more serious, and I won't say less fun, but it's the 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 um when somebody's whole livelihood's riding on the line, it's not, it's, it's serious, but you go into track days and stuff. That's, that's just fun, man. And that's, it, it is. And that's where you like the second I got my driver's license, like I was looking, it was at the dead of winter. I was looking, when's the next winter autocross at Lime Rock park? Because that's, <laughs> that's my home track. It's an hour for me. I'm like, I'm going. I don't care. I'm going. I'm going straight to it. And I, you know, that's where I cut my teeth is Lime Rock Park, just shooting like non spectator events. Like they have an open door policy. Like it's a park. Like they allow people to just kind of come in, you know, whatever. I'd show up, sign the waiver. Hi, I'm here. And I just sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours. Nobody bothered me. It's just me and the guys on the track. And that's where I learned every 
you know, single fundamental motorsports photography is at those things. And then that's also a place where if you want to take this to the point you want to make it a career that you can also learn to be a businessman there, you know, as long as you make sure you're not, you know, obviously check with photographers and stuff, check with the series, check with everything that you need, you know, make sure you're not, you know, invading somebody else's dynasty for lack of better terms. But like, <laughs> that's every everything you need to start is there at those levels and it's not going to cost you a penny as long as you have a track nearby just go <laughs> right yeah i mean even i started start <clears throat> real start was just taking photos and pets, you know of drivers and people getting their cars ready and you know my backgrounds in in winged sprint cars so taking pictures of the of like the wings um you know when the cars are stacked up and just kind of like almost like a deck of cards kind of flared out, you know, it doesn't have to be action stuff, you know, just kind of get your feet wet, you know, get, get your toe in the water. But like I said, you see somebody, one of the professional people walking around, ask them questions nine times out of 10, they're going to say something. I mean, if you see me at the racetrack, go ahead and, you know, stop me, ask me questions. If, if yeah, I'm same goes got a minute. Me. Yeah. If I got a minute, then I'll, 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 I'll chat with you. You know, I mean, it's, I've got no ego. Um, and, uh, especially if it's SRX and, and I'm just sitting around <laughs> sometimes it, it's like, hurry up and wait sometimes. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, is just make sure that you're not stepping on anybody's toes and just learn, you know, and start small. That's the thing. I think a lot of people want to, just jump in both feet and don't understand um, basic sometimes and what to do and what not to do. And um, just ask. That's the thing. That's one thing that, that I've always gone with is if you ask, the worst thing they're going to say is no. Right? And that even, that even if you ask just... questions. Go ahead. That even goes for like social media. Like, if you're too scared to approach a photographer, you know, if you're like, you know, anxious or nervous, because like I got bad social anxiety. Like when I was first starting out, I didn't want to go. You have a photo vest? Oh, you're an elitist. Like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, it's scary. It's scary, man. Twitter. Tweet. Yeah. Most photographers yeah. will answer your question. The greatest photographers. Like, if you know, you know, like they'll respond to your tweet. Even yeah. if it's oddly specific, most of them will, and they'll give you a you know a thoughtful answer generated from their experience and professionalism. Yeah, my my Twitter uh, whatever DMs are open. Yeah, I've had multiple people mind. ask me questions. Now, most of the time, it's like, "Hey, can you get me into?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, that that's no. that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that's." Mm. But I mean, if it's just being you know, questions like, "What kind of gear you use? What what do you suggest?" When we, you and I were talking about the the R7, like, you know, just bouncing ideas, and I was like, "Hey, this is exactly this is truth. This is what I I felt." You know, if it was the opposite where I didn't like it, I would tell you it straight up. You know, um, until I get that that canon that they're gonna you know sponsor me um i'm gonna tell you straight up you know <laughs> absolutely i don't that's think that's coming <laughs> <laughs> i think my earbuds are gonna so. die 
So that's probably okay. a good place to wrap it up, my friend. Um, where can we, where, like you said, open, you know, promote yourself. Where can we, you know, see your stuff? Where can we ask you questions? Like it, it's um, on Twitter. Yeah. Everything. So my, it's, it's going to be kind of simple. My Instagram and Twitter are the exactly the same. It's at Regal Photos, R-I-E-G-L-E Photos for Instagram and Twitter. All righty, so Wayne. That's, thank I mean, you. Simple. As it goes. <laughs> and that'll be in the description, wherever you're watching this, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever it is, it'll be in the description. Wayne, dude, it was a great time. We'll definitely have to have a part two at some point. And if I don't see you, we're... You know, we don't have that. I mean, we'll be in touch with each other on Instagram, obviously. And yeah, I think we're going to shoot a couple races this summer together. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. it, dude, Looking forward be, to it. It's going to be fun. But all right. Wayne Regal and the Sam Dre Show.